welcome to the White Oak Houston podcast. Uh, my name is Pastor John, and I'm joined alongside, as always, Pastor James. Uh, we have the privilege of pastoring the wonderful people here at White Oak Baptist Church. And uh, what we like to do uh, in the middle of the week is to kind of do like a more of a sit-down, casual podcast conversation um, over a question that people have asked us. And so uh, this was actually a, a question that was submitted to us uh, via email. And so as always, if you have questions, we'd love to get your question on the podcast and provide a pastoral response to that. Um, just email info, info, at whiteoakchurch.net, and we'd be glad to get your question on the podcast. Uh, today, we actually have a very interesting question, and so um, it's very theological, um, and I would also argue very philosophical, um, and so it's going to be a little bit different from the previous podcast we've done on like Donald Trump and women and <laughs> things like that, um, and so Pastor James is going to take the lead on this one, um, but uh, let's just dive right in, man. I'm going to give you an overview of kind of what the question was, right. and then I'm going to break it down to different things for us so you can kind of explain it in fullness, and so... I think probably you'll get to the bulk of the answer at the end. And so if you're listening to this, wait till the end. It'll be worth it. But um, the question that um, came in was, if hell is eternal, then why was Jesus' suffering only temporary? And so let me explain that just a little bit. So really what they're asking is like, so if the wages of our sin is death, and if Jesus says that, that death meaning eternal death, that like if we're separated from God, we die eternally, then how come if Jesus was our substitute who paid our penalty, how come he was only dead three days on the cross and not having to suffer mm. eternal punishment if he was our substitute, okay? So the first question, man, to break this down, because I don't want to assume that people know about what hell is and kind of an understanding of what that is. And so, man, uh, I guess to break this question down, and we'll get the answer here at the end, um, number one, what is hell and is it eternal? <laughs> Can I give a disclaimer first? I feel like I gotta give I gotta give two disclaimers for a topic like this. And, and so, for one, we don't want to shy away from controversial topics, right? We want to hit those because the Bible hits those. But my two disclaimers is one is like when it comes to hell and judgment, uh, we shouldn't boil that down to like a theological debate. You know, like it, it should never be boiled down to just an academic debate because the Bible, when it talks about things, it's trying to move us toward action. You know, so anytime we talk about the cross or hell or judgment, those sort of things. The the Bible's moving us toward action. So whether it's to, to have compassion on others, whether it's to fear God, whether it's to be amazed at Jesus, the purpose of the Bible talking about these topics is to move us into obedience to the Lord. So that's number one. And then number two is we should never talk about hell or judgment or any of those topics without pairing that with God's mercy and with the cross. Like that's, Those two things go hand in hand. We, ha- we have to talk about one. We have to talk about the other one, which is why I really like this, this question because it's bringing together really – uh, this concept of, of judgment and suffering with what Christ did on the cross. And so I think it's really cool. So to answer your question, we'll dive right into it. Uh, what is hell and is it eternal? And so uh, this is one of those things where the Bible does affirm um, that there is um, judgment in the afterlife. And this is the way I like to try to explain it. So um, we know the gospel, right? The gospel is that Jesus has come to the world, that he has died for our sins, and he is making us into the people um, who will follow God and his kingdom forever, right? So God is, has sent Jesus to make us more and more, prepare us more and more for the coming kingdom of God. And we know that's a kingdom of justice, righteousness, of compassion and truth. Those things reflect God. So obviously his kingdom and his coming kingdom is going to reflect that. Uh, But on the other side of the coin, right, there are people who 
don't want that, right? So in, in this world, there are people who reject Christ, who reject the coming kingdom, who want nothing to do in that, do with that. And so you see this sort of separation happening more and more in this lifetime. And I think just in the afterlife, uh, it gets finalized, right? It gets finalized in terms of, of everybody gets what they want. So if, if you want the coming kingdom of God, you get that. If you don't want the kingdom, coming kingdom of God, you get that as well. And so I don't want to go beyond what the Bible talks about, uh, what hell is, because you can certainly theorize and, and debate and stuff like that. But kind of what we know for sure is that hell is um, something that's eternal, uh, conscious judgment, right? So people um, who are going to experience this are those who are bearing the full weight of sin. And that's the first thing that we see. The Bible says that for the wages of sin is death. The Bible says that um, the punishment for sin is eternal separation from God. And so you do see uh, a place in which judgment does exist. We know that it's t- eternal. We know that it's conscious. Um, and we know that it's separated from God's experiential love, right? Because when you read in Psalm 1611, it says that in God's presence, there's fullness and joy. And yet we don't see that in hell. We see God present in terms of judgment in hell, but we don't see God present in terms of blessing. And so uh, when you think about hell or when you see hell in the Bible and the verses in which it talks about, you see some place that's eternal. You see a place that's separated from experiential love of God. And you see a place that um, that does have suffering and does have penalty and judgment associated with it. Awesome, man. This, this can be very helpful as we continue to open up this question a little bit. And so obviously that's kind of what hell is, and it is eternal, right? Uh, but the second question is, uh, what exactly happened to Jesus on the cross? So did Jesus experience hell? And if so, how did that happen or what was that like? I believe he did. Uh, I, I believe that he experienced hell on the cross. And so let me sort of explain what I mean by that. All the things that I described, um, that the Bible describes hell is as a place of of judgment, a place of suffering, a place of being separated from God in that very real sense. I think all that happened to Jesus on the cross. Like literally, when you look at um, the crucifixion story, whether it's Luke 23 or in Matthew, any of the gospels, what Jesus experienced was all those things. You have Jesus uh, on the cross saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, right? That's a very well-known saying of Jesus on the cross. So there's this very real separation between Jesus, who had always experienced the love of the Father in that moment, being forsaken, which is hell, right? Which is hell. And so you have that. You also have some imagery uh, in the crucifixion story of like the sun turning to darkness. And the Bible describes hell as darkness. And so you see that. Um, you have uh, the pain and suffering of Jesus on the, you know, being crucified, being beaten, all those different things. And so all the elements that I talked about in terms of hell, I think you're seeing those being played out um, in the crucifixion story. And I think the Bible is trying to make a point that what Jesus experienced um, is what you would experience in hell. And then the last one I would say is Jesus was bearing the penalty for sin, right? Which is essentially what hell is. So Jesus was not bearing the penalty of his own sin. Jesus was bearing the penalty of the sins of all those who would, you know, of the world essentially, right? So so you see him experiencing all the things that hell describes. Okay. So, so far we've covered obviously the fact that um, hell is eternal, at least for us as humans, when we are dead in our sins, right? Christ is where <clears throat> uh, fulfillment and life and light are. And so a rejection of that logically leaves us in the darkness. 
And then you just talked about how Christ did experience hell on the cross, or at least a lot of the things that, that makes hell what it is. And so I guess bringing it kind of full circle, really kind of back to our main question. Okay, so if hell is eternal, and if we deserve eternal death, then why was Jesus' suffering only temporary as opposed to eternal? So I think the answer to that really lies in the fact of what was Jesus accomplishing on the cross? What, what accomplished the sacrifice that he made? And I, I really would like to emphasize the fact that Jesus, it's his death on the cross, not necessarily just his suffering, right? So I think that the, the person who's asking this question, are we thinking these ways? I think it's a good question, but I think it's sort of trying to equate an eternity of hell versus a, a temporal suffering of Jesus, whereas really the thing that's happening is Jesus died on the cross, and that's what satisfied the wrath of God. Um, if I could pull out uh, my Bible here, it says in Hebrews ten fourteen, for by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sacrificed. And so the Bible is really trying to point to the finality of what's happening here. Jesus died on the cross. The penalty is removed. The sacrifice is, is acceptable to God. And I think the whole Bible has been pointing, when you look at the Old Testament, it's been pointing to the fact that Jesus was going to be an acceptable sacrifice. You see in the Garden of Eden, after Adam and Eve sinned, God kill some animals, right, and close them. And so you have this idea that there's got to be a sacrifice that's made. And throughout the whole Old Testament, you can only understand the sacrificial system and all that stuff if you look at it in light of Jesus. The whole time, God was trying to point forward and say that it's it's the death of his son that's really going to redeem the world. Not necessarily just the suffering, but the death was sufficient. That's a, gr- that's a great answer, man. I, I, I guess also, I, I kind of what I'm taking from what you're saying, too, is like maybe a difference is the fact that like, Christ's death, like like you read the passage, it accomplishes something. Right. But like if we're dead in sin, our death doesn't accomplish anything, mm. right? And so I guess what Christ was accomplishing in his death um, is what we would have, I guess, technically say accomplished in our eternal suffering. Yeah. And so really, um, and, and as always, I guess you could even always say that you know God in his sovereignty is deciding this, right? Because if God is the one that's pouring down wrath, right, in, in his just judgment— then it also makes sense that he, in his own way, whatever he chooses to do in his goodwill, which would be the death of Christ on the cross right. here, um, is, the, is the payment for that. So, um, dude, great answer. I think it answers it really well. But any final thoughts or anything you would kind of maybe throw to someone who's kind of asking these kinds of questions or kind of thinking through this concept? Yeah, I mean, I think you brought up a good point. It, it's good to try as much as we can to think from God's perspective, you know, to really put ourselves um, from the perspective of God, you know, a perfect and holy and just God, and really let that be your your assumptions at the very beginning. And I think that it'll help you work through these issues um, much better in a much uh, understanding and smooth way. And then the other thing I would say is uh, sometimes it, maybe you're looking for like a one-to-one correlation, you know, like why, why, did, why does someone who rejects the gospel or rejects God, why is their eternal suffering versus Jesus suffering just temporarily? And, and you know, I, I don't think anyone asked the question like why how does one man's death atone for the death of you know millions uh, and stuff like that too. right yeah well and another thing i was going to say too is cuz cuz i i agree with that and honestly i really understand this question a lot and i think you probably do too in terms of like it, it it makes sense but i guess even for me one of the things i think about is like if it were to be one one for one like perfectly correlated that would mean that there would be no forgiveness because mm. you sinned you deserve hell like the concept of grace and forgiveness doesn't even really correlate with the whole one for one thing. I mean, it's yeah. like God stepping in and like, you know, 
it's like in his goodness doing something beyond the logical system. I mean, the logical system simply says that, well, you know, you made a mistake, so you paid the penalty. That's, that's one for one correlation, you know? And so even God stepping in to do this kind of takes us out of the realm of like this whole, like, you know, eye for eye kind of a concept. And so really this is God, like who, who should be judging us, still loving us. And so his justice and his mercy come together. And so thankfully it's not a one-for-one correlation because then we would be in hell. We would have no forgiveness. Yeah, man. I would just say again to anyone who's listening to this, just uh, to use it, as I said at the beginning, use it as a way to, to drive you toward, whether it's worship, whether it's toward compassion of others, just use it to drive you toward that and not necessarily for like a theological debate. Use it for your own heart, not necessarily to, to be tearing others down. So that'd be what I'd say on that. Awesome. Well, Pastor James, thanks so much for answering this question for us. Um, as always, if you have other questions that you'd like for us to get in the podcast, uh, we'd love to hear your questions. It can be a theological question. It can be a practical question. It can be um, about something going on in your life or a certain circumstance or anything at all. Um, anything may- maybe you would like some pastoral perspective on, we'd love to help and answer it the best that we can. As always, uh, please email those questions to info, I-N-F-O, at net. But uh, thanks for checking out the podcast, and we'll see you next time.